this episode of the Learning and Talent podcast, we spoke to Derek Bruce, the Global Lead of Performance Management and Learning Strategy at DSM. Derek gave us his perspective on the evolution of L&D, moving beyond performance metrics and KPIs to look at mindfulness, purpose, DEIB, and the employee experience. I hope you enjoy the podcast. Derek, how are you? I'm good, I'm good. Enjoying the, the, the fronds of spring in Amsterdam, yes. Oh, wow. The weather has been crazy over here. So one minute it's sunshine, and then the next minute we have storms. So we it's keeping us up on our toes. But we are excited to have you for our informal conversations today. You have been part of the Iventive community for like so long i mean you were we knew you when you were avian amro we knew you when you were at yep. signify um now you're at dsm and doing some really interesting work so we wanted to bring you on we want to uh discuss all the things in l d and talent uh right now and so mm. we really are sort of spotlighting um movers and shakers in the industry to hear how you are approaching some of these challenges um, and really using that to um, inspire some of our yeah, members of this community. And so when we were having a conversation and I asked you sort of what is top of mind for you right now, you said that there were, you were focusing on some of the key skills that leaders will need going into 2022. So I'm curious to hear yeah. what is it that for you, you think is essential for a leader uh, to have this year? Yeah, I mean, if, if I look at, I suppose the position of that came from looking at the last two or three years in terms of how leadership as a skill and as a role has really changed. And I think the key focus for me and also the organization I'm working with is definitely how leaders manage performance. And we're talking about performance, not in a sense of KPIs, but in performance of individuals bringing themselves to work, in a sense of mindfulness, in a sense of succession development, in a sense of purpose as well. And it's those kind of skills which I feel leaders are going to need going forward, especially with more synchronous and asynchronous working, with people working virtually and remote as well. And so there's just a need to to kind of reframe the role of leadership, but also make sure leaders and managers as well in the same context really have the ability to give their people a great employee experience as well. Right. So... I feel like I'm hearing coaching. That is sort of an essential skill that we think leaders and managers need to have. So I'm curious to hear what you're doing to identify the key skills and then really develop them. I think yeah. it's, I'm hearing that it's more maybe the human skills that you think are really going to make um, a leader stand out like this year. Yeah, and, and I think coaching is one of those skills which I think has always been a big skill which leaders should have. And, and that off, off the offshoots are very much also around communication, listening, which is a key thing as well, being able to articulate and also sense the non-verbal clues of their people as well. But in terms of identifying, it's very much from my perspective, looking at what people are saying they're missing. So it's not our role as HR to kind of think we know best it's very much our role as HR using the same context of the agile methodology to engage with our people to engage with our leaders to engage with the feedback to engage in exit interviews and poll surveys to see what people are saying they're really missing and then looking at okay how do we help support the business to fill those gaps and what are the gaps are not just the organization moving into but reading through different magazines and different articles are very much saying that 
managers kind of are missing the ability to feel comfortable with how they discuss the non-work related content. They feel uncomfortable also with the uncertainty. So it's also managing ambiguity, you know, the whole thing around the last two years have been very much, to use a horribly overused word, unprecedented in, in terms of what's happening and so forth. Um, but it has. And the next two, five, ten years, I don't think they're any different. I don't think we're going to have stability where it comes to political, social, environmental, sustainability related. There's always going to be something which is kind of making things difficult to handle and also continually changing. So it's also that ability as a leader to balance those human centric skills, which are identified through people giving us feedback and saying that they're missing, but also looking at what people need in organizations, which is very much the, how do I manage the constant change, the constant ambiguity, the constant not knowing what's happening next and actually feel comfortable with it as well. So they're, they're kind of the focuses. I see that and I hear a huge say psychological safety because yeah. the outside world is always going to be volatile. It's always going to be unpredictable. But I understand that what you're saying is from the role of HR, how can we create that environment where people feel safe to bring their best selves to work and to feel really productive? Um, so what would you say is one thing that you're doing right now to sort of encourage managers and leaders to build a psychologically safe environment in their organization it's very much around making them aware first for what psychological safety is and not using those two words because i think it's kind of way too hre but talking around how managers need to be aware that people do come to work for a reason and a purpose making them be aware that individuals have different nuances which make them grow and perform better as well and so having leaders understand that they need to tap into that as well it's also making them aware that as leaders, there's a certain level of authenticity, which actually helps people work with them as well, but also authenticity when it comes to not knowing. And if people see leaders behave in a way where they're being authentic, it also then is a leading by example method, which allows employees to also think, okay, well, if I see this happen in the organization, I feel safe to come and, and do the same thing, mirror those behaviors, feel comfortable in challenging, for example, and just a, a very quick example, which kind of reinforces that I had dinner with my new team on Monday evening and we had colleagues from Germany, Netherlands, the US, sorry, Canada, sorry, not US, Canada, Ukraine and me from the UK. And we're all different levels having dinner. And if somebody had been looking in on that table at this team, which is a, a learning development team in a huge organization based in Netherlands, but also globally, nobody would have seen who was leading the team. Nobody would have seen who was running, who was, you know, it was, it was such a, an image of how teams should be functioning in this day and age as well. So I think it's also that whole peeling back the, the traditional status thing and actually being authentic as a leader, but also role playing how you think your employees could also come to work as well, feel comfortable as well, especially psychological safety, but also the inclusion piece and the diversity piece as well. Mm, yes, and you mentioned diversity and inclusion. I love the idea that 
nobody you're moving away from this sort of command and control yeah. style leadership that we, we've all been familiar with but we've kind of come to the conclusion that it isn't really working it isn't really effective and i think also now where there are so many options we know that and so it is really easy for people to sort of switch to uh, different companies and so we have to create that environment where people do feel they're valued and they do feel that they are um are heard but i'm curious one of the things that you mentioned before was around DI asking, has there really been any movement? I know yeah. that a lot of organizations are really focused on like when I when we look at the data, that is a priority for a number of organizations. But um, I'm curious to see what, what, what you've been doing or how you've been working in HR to make this a priority and really see movement in this in the organization you're working at. To me, the plan will be to encompass the ability to talk about performance, development, succession, all those things, and with and aligned to inclusion and also diversity. So having given managers ability to not have their biases when talking about individuals, move away from biases in terms of how we rate people as well, how we bring people in, and actually embedding that within the process around performance management, but also along the whole line of the employee journey as well. So that's kind of a plan in terms of how we do it as a not as a separate thing, which lots of companies kind of do. We have an individual who manages it and they do it individually and they try and get stuff into the organization policies and they struggle. What I want to do is make sure it's embedded in what we do anyway. And actually then it works from a, this is just how we work as opposed to this is an add-on to how we work as well. But I do also kind of looking externally and looking at what I see in the DEI world, I do still have a bit of a, butterfly stomach moment where I see lots or I've seen lots of movement of roles and lots of promises and commitments but I also don't see lots of it changing and I, and I you know if I look at for example and we always start about you know senior roles and women we start about age diversity but also more into the last couple of years the concept of race diversity and the figures around improvement of women in senior roles, it, it's not getting bigger. The same with age diversity, it's, it's beginning to. And I think that's kind of also what is underpinning a lot of the issues around, you mentioned people moving roles, you know, the great resignation or the great reflection, which I think it is as well. And I think there's also people reflecting, thinking, if I am one of these people in, this, in the diversity um, community, is this the right place for me? No, I'm going to try something which may be better. But also, if I'm somebody and I see this kind of stuff not changing, it's also, it doesn't fit with my values, my purpose as well. So I think there's also there's this kind of links between reflections of why people are moving organizations and DEI and also where people feel and think is the best place to be in that one, also to contribute. You know, we work 40 hours a week, or at least that's kind of, you know, the average. It, it's a lot of time to be in a space if you're thinking, this isn't my, it doesn't align my purpose as well. Yeah, I completely agree. I think purpose and values, I'm hearing it more. I'm mm. definitely hearing it more in terms of that is the determining factor as to where you want to work. You know, does it align with who I am? I do think there has been a great reflection where people yeah. have had the time to look inwards and understand what is it that I truly want. And it probably does go back to what you were saying around leadership. If you have mm. leaders that are creating that inclusive environment um making sure that everyone feels seen and everyone feels heard then it's really easy for people many people to thrive so um 
I do see those two connected. We are about to wrap up, but I don't know if you had any final thoughts as to, you know, for us, for, you know, we've got a lot of heads of leadership in the community. Yeah. Is there a question you'd like to pose out to the community that you're you're interested in or maybe something that you've learned that you think would be a benefit to, to the group? Yeah, I mean, I, I have a question to the group, which would be interesting in terms of when you look at the whole concept of performance management, what one thing do you think really works and what one thing do you think really annoys people? I think that's coming, which is interesting for me based on what I'm going to be doing in my role as well. Um, and I think in terms of one thing I've learned over the last couple of years, and it's, it's, it's kind of a strange one. Um, I have a daughter who's 25, so she's a certain generation. And I, I hear lots of things about people talking around generation X, Y, Z, zero, whatever it's going to be, and, and different groups of age groups wanting and not wanting certain things. What I think I've learned over the last couple of years is that it's not specific to a generation or age group, it's specific to a mindset or age of mindset. So I see people who are in their 20s and 30s, one in a traditional way of working, and I see people in the 40s and 50s being very focused around working remotely, not being focused on organizations which don't align with their values. And so I think for us, it's also made we start moving away from this labeling of generations and moving towards understanding that there are certain mindsets people have but the person behind it can be different ages, different genders, different sizes, different whatever. And it's not keep proportioning people into groups as HR as well. I agree. I do agree. I do think it's 100% mindset. I think you're right. And I think it also is just what you value and what you want in life. Yeah. I think, I don't think it's, you know, restricted to a particular age group. But I think if you are somebody who, you know, wants to work, I mean, like they talked about the pandemic, right? Certain people um, who were living, you know, in conditions that were quite difficult to work and they wanted to be back in the office, but there were other people who flourished working from home. Like, this is great. So I definitely think that it depends on you as a person um yeah. but we will definitely pose those questions to the group thank you Derek for joining us today you're chairing our event later on this month which we're really excited so we'll see you in London um and yeah we'll bring you back on here for some for some more informal conversations but thank you and we'll see you soon thank you for the invite thank you for listening the learning and talent podcast is brought to you by iBenton the world's leading event provider for global heads of learning, talent management and executive development. Find out more about joining an event knowledge exchange, free and exclusive senior leaders, visit iventive.com. You can also join iKnow, the free online community for senior HR executives at iKnow.mn.co. Thank you.